0: Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest pre-E3 coverage. Today we have Caleb joining us. How's it going, Caleb?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good. We're going to be covering Ubisoft. As always, I have uh, my two partners in crime, Jordan. Aneurysm free since 2003. (laughs) And uh, Dom.
2: Partners in crime, so let's get to the crime, I guess.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be covering Ubisoft today. Uh, Caleb, once again, thank you for joining us going to be covering, um, I think it was one, 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 one was one of the most heartfelt uh, E3 press conferences last year. We had the announcement of Mario Plus Rabbids, and we had one of the main developers crying on stage. We had uh, Michelle Onsell at the end of it uh, with Beyond Good and Evil 2. It just was a really emotional, heartfelt uh, conference. Um, Since that conference, we found out that Vivendi is kind of no more in terms of pursuing Ubisoft. They kind of have their freedom now, which is great. We don't have the looming doom that is Vivendi taking over Ubisoft, uh, which is fantastic. I think that was something that kind of overshadowed E3 the past couple years of people watching these Ubisoft conferences, excited for what they're doing, but worried that Vivendi's looming in the darkness, right, about to take over. Um, So it's good to see that they kind of... Exactly. Uh, It's good to see that they have their own freedom here. Let's jump off. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle was unveiled. We had the leaks. We had the marketing leak that was showing what their plans were to unveil the game. We had the weird language of badass Princess Peach to kind of turn people off. I mean we had the the document showing that Rabbids were going to be featured in a Mario game which kind of was like ugh the Rabbids really definitely hit or miss with people. Um, but Miyamoto came out on stage, which was really great. That moment between him and Yves Gilmour uh, was awesome of them holding the, the guns back-to-back, which is really weird seeing Miyamoto holding a gun, period, considering he stated in the past that he'll never make a game with a gun. So to see him holding one, which was uh, very interesting. Uh, it released a critical claim. Um, a lot of people really loved it. Uh, but the question I have for you guys is since that game's released, we had the unveiling of the Donkey Kong DLC pack, which featured you uh, being able to use Donkey Kong. And that was slated for spring 2018. We still don't have a release date. Is that one of their one of their things we're going to see in their conference? Are we seeing the release date for Donkey Kong DLC pack? I wrote down Shadow Drop, potentially. Nintendo doesn't really do that. Um, but do you think we get a release date at the very least?
3: Josh, I hope so. If it's that freaking late, I mean, Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
3: L- we'll make it a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, yeah, it seems like it just se- it seems like too little too late. Like, I don't know how substantial um, that a new DLC piece would be for that game. Um, if it's a full-on expansion. Like, it, it even seems weird to do it like a month or two after um, the Donkey Kong release on freets. switch comes out yeah so like that just seemed like it seems like awkward placement um especially if they don't do a shadow drop and drop it that day um like it just it just seems awkward to me more than anything
0: yeah i would love to see it paired up with uh, a, a super mario odyssey dlc announcement featuring donkey kong right because uh, we have new donk city that would be cool to get kind of a one-two nice. punch of like uh donkey kong dlc cool. for both of those games um I'm assuming he's in uh, Mario Plus uh, or Mario Tennis Aces, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there, there could be a, a Donkey Kong block in the Mario Direct, maybe. Uh, Mario Direct, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> ah, for the most part, it's a Mario Direct. Let's not be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, I think it is odd. I think this this DLC would have probably played better if it came out early 2018, right? Coming out this far after the game's release is really weird. Um, it's not Breath of the Wild, it's not Super Mario Odyssey, it's not one of their premier titles, um, but who knows, maybe Ubisoft is happy to do something like this on their stage and be like, you know what, Donkey Kong DLC pack, Shadow Drop coming out, because it is something that, you know, the Nintendo Directs aren't very long, so maybe it is something that they don't want to feature in their Direct because it'll eat up space for something else, and Ubisoft's like, well then we'll just announce it, right? Who knows? Um... people are speculating that we might get a sequel to this game, it's like, whoa, this game took three years of development, (laughs) it came out last year hold your horses on that, it's a little crazy um, it'd be interesting if they announced the release date for this alongside a future DLC pack, like if they're like, okay Donkey Kong's coming out soon, and also look forward to this, um but once again, like Caleb mentioned, I think it's a little, too little too late in terms of building up that momentum, right, from a DLC pack to a DLC pack to a DLC pack so, it's very weird, um One of the other major points of Ubisoft's conference last year was the Assassin's Creed Origins reveal, um, though it was kind of leaked beforehand, which most uh, Assassin's Creed games are. Um, It released a mostly positive reception. A lot of people liked the game. Uh, I think a lot of the complaints towards the game uh, were some complaints that Jordan had in terms of it was a good game, but it didn't feel as if it was an Assassin's Creed game. Um, which is a complaint some people had um, that it's taking the the franchise in a different direction from what a lot of core Assassin's Creed fans want out of a, of a game in that franchise um, It's had constant updates uh, and they've been very steady. They've had some some interesting stuff. They had the Educational uh, release that came out where you can explore the world without any combat um, So schools can use it for educational purposes. Are we seeing continued support of this game? Uh, we're not getting another Assassin's Creed, but are we seeing a big expansion announced for Assassin's Creed Origins?
3: No, I don't think so. No, because nah, they, th- you know, that stuff's already been out. They've already had, like, the the Death of the Pharaohs or whatever it was called. They've had their big expansions, like, filling out the season pass, so that, that stuff's done and gone. Yeah, yeah you cool. might see some Far Cry stuff, and we'll get into
2: that, but I think, yeah, for AC Origins, you know, that's kind of... Out of the conversation this year, and they'll have plenty else. And we know they like their couch talks and everything. So,
0: well, here's the thing though: is that they don't they're they're not going to be releasing a new Assassin's Creed game every year. But I think it's a franchise that they seem to want to keep in the cultural zeitgeist in terms of releasing something. Even the year we didn't get an Assassin's Creed game, we got the Ezio collection. Um, and the movie. So, and the movie. Uh, yeah, do you think we could potentially see maybe a spin-off game, a smaller game, uh, maybe like another platformer that they've released in the past. Um, do you think do you think we'll see something new for Assassin's Creed that isn't a full fledged game? Maybe it's a mobile game, maybe it's something like that? Probably Probably one. Not. Probably I have
2: Probably. I'm I'm, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to save this as spe- specifics sp- 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 <laughs> um, for the prediction section. So yeah.
3: Yeah. Um we had the Assassin's Creed Rogue re-release just this year, like, this spring, so I think if anything, that's probably gonna be it if I had to guess.
0: Okay. I
1: gotcha. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the first Assassin's Creed or Assassin's Creed 3 make their way to current-gen consoles, because those, to my knowledge, haven't been re-released. Not that they are uh, too particularly um, critically... Lauded, but um, I think that we might see those games make their way to current-gen consoles. And I, I mean, I know it, it, it is a bit late, uh, similar to Mario and Rabbits, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw kind of a, a different direction for a, a new DLC expansion, something similar to kind of the Assassin's Creed Three DLC. Um, what was that, Kings of uh, Tyranny? Um, the Evil George Washington. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like kind of like a spin-off that like might be even standalone um that can stand like somewhat similar to blood dragon um so that they can still release something and it's new enough that it doesn't feel like they're um still talking about assassin's creed origins uh so far after it's released um but something that's still a new assassin's creed product um i wouldn't be surprised if we saw that necessarily
0: yeah it's interesting uh, I mean, you have a point, During that they already kind of released. They could That could be potentially their Assassin's Creed thing for this year. Um, and Caleb, you touched on it, like, possibly a remake of, of the first Assassin's Creed. They kind of maybe fix up some of those uh, gameplay things that people didn't really like, that they really improved in in the second one. Ubisoft has so many studios that it's even hard to track what everyone's doing because they have so many studios that help with different things, and it'd be hard yeah. to track all of them. So I could potentially see a couple of them on the side... Um, repolishing the first one because you know, though it's not the the most critically acclaimed out of the series, it still is the first one and I think Ubisoft holds a lot of pride in that game. So I could really see them, maybe not even this year, but I do think that it's a project that's possibly in the works of remaking that game and polishing it up to modern standards. Um, because I do think, that game had a cool story but there were some gameplay aspects of it that were uh, not as polished as what we saw in the, the Ezio trilogy moving forward. Yeah. So,
2: mm-hmm. so I like that too uh, for AC1 and AC3, but I don't think that's an E3 kind of thing.
0: I think AC1 is. I think a lot of people would love to see a reimagining of the first one. 3, on the other hand, I think is something you <laughs> you like push out out of like a press release or something, you know. Um, the next announcement here, I don't think if we have too much to talk about this because I don't think any of us are really racing guys, but the Crew 2 – uh, comes out June 29th, so it's right after E3. Um, do you think they're going to have a big gameplay demo for this? Yeah, we saw yeah, some probably. stuff last year in the show um, that revolved around being the king of motorsports. Um, what's their big play this year? Are we seeing more narrative stuff, or are we just seeing a bunch of gameplay? Do, like, four people probably, come out on stage and play it together?
3: I think probably just a trailer to remind people that it's about to be out.
0: yeah remember the guy came out last year from the Crew 2 team and he explained the point of every uh, motorsport that's involved in Crew 2 and it's kind of lengthy. I don't think they need that explanation two years in a row, right? Just roll a trailer, get people excited. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it was very weird. Also, I think I was amongst one of the only people that thought that the guy featured in that whole set piece looked like Robbie Rotten. <laughs> okay, He looked like Robbie Rotten quite a bit. I'm not um, sure who Robbie yeah. Rotten is. He's from that—I don't know. Caleb, you might know. There was that cart—not a cartoon. It was a show like on Nickelodeon with a girl who like baked stuff. She had like a pink suit.
1: That reference went right over my Lazy head. I'm Town. Sorry, I can't help you out there. It's uh, from Lazy Town. I, I know Lazy Town, but yeah. character-specifics,
0: no. Robbie Ron was this guy in there that was a very ugly villain character with a really big chin, and he looked very creepy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay. Okay. reference over everyone's head. Great. Um, so Skull and Bones was also shown off. Uh, this was an interesting thing because when they initially showed it off, it was like, oh, this is a crazy cool pirate RPG that we're getting. It's Black Flag minus the Assassin's Creed. It turns out it was just the naval combat from Black Flag and that kind of had people worried. People were initially really interested because it looked like an awesome portrayal of pirates. Um, but the naval combat being the core of the game, was kind of weird, right? There wasn't other gameplay there. Can you sell that for $60? Will people get into that? Um, it recently got delayed till the fiscal year, uh, of 2020, meaning that it will release after, um, March of 2019 and yeah. And before March of 2020, somewhere in there. Um, what I want to know from you guys is do you think skull and bones got delayed, uh, for the simple fact that it just wasn't ready? Or do you think that it's being delayed because they need to add other gameplay elements because the reception was so mixed in terms of it only being naval combat?
3: Yeah, it's possible they make a, you know, they're doing cut scenes and a whole campaign and all that.
0: Yeah. I don't think it'll be, at like, the the, the scope of, like, an Assassin's Creed, but I could definitely see them adding in narrative elements and gameplay outside of the boat. Um, yeah, do you guys think if, so say, for instance, this doesn't add that stuff and it's still purely naval combat, does this game release at a $60 price point? Right, right, because it's Ubisoft.
2: Mm, that's tough. That's
0: yeah, and I
2: don't...
1: Yeah, it's weird because, like, with the release of um, Rainbow Six Siege, like, they put that at $60, and, I mean, it didn't do too well to begin with, but now that that game's gone on and been out for, what, two or three years now, and it's super successful, um, but they, they've they released smaller, like, um, $15 versions of both that and For Honor, where pr- the progression is slowed down a little, but it's uh, easier to jump into that, and I think they've had some success. Um, but I don't know. It just seems weird with both, like, Rainbow Six and For Honor releasing at $60. Um, but I don't know. They've had success elsewhere, I guess, or with seeing Rainbow Six um, at a cheaper price point. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe they switch it up, especially if they can't really figure out what that game has to offer beyond the naval combat.
0: It's it's weird because, um, like you said, with Rainbow Six and with For Honor, those games are still, especially obviously Rainbow Six, is that's a FPS, right? So that's a lot easier of a sell for it being only a, a a multiplayer game at sixty bucks in terms of the general audience than a naval combat game. You know, I think you have a, a tougher hill <laughs> to climb there. Um, yeah, it's weird because you. Obviously, on the back end, they had to res some stuff and upgrade some stuff, but it seems like most of the just the naval combat from Black Flag was pulled up to this game. Um, you even see some of those pieces in uh, in Assassin's Creed Origins as well. It's it's tough. I think that the, this game was partially being compared to Sea of Thieves, and though Sea of Thieves came out to some content issues in terms of being content light, you were still able to explore that world, and a lot of that game is exploring with friends and stuff. And with the naval combat game, I think that's... Honestly, I think it's a little too hardcore of a genre for it to release at 60 with that being the main component, you know? I don't know many people that are that into naval combat games that play a, on a console for it to be viable. <laughs> I could see this possibly blowing up on PC, but in the console realm, I don't know how big that audience is in terms of the people that want to play it, let alone pay $60 for it. It's going to be tough. It's weird.
2: Uh, not me. Yeah.
0: Um, I did like the kraken tease at the end. That's cool. Like the idea of like teaming up with other ships to take down a kraken is cool. Um, but yeah, just naval combat by itself is a tough sell. And it's so it's so sad because I don't know if you guys remember that trailer from last year. It was a high budget trailer. I thought it was mm. really cool selling that world and pirates and everything. And then just have the the for lack of a better term, the wind get blown out of your sails when you find out <laughs> it's just naval combat was kind of disappointing. Wow. Yeah. Um, next up, Starlink. I don't know if you guys remember this. This was like the Amiibo-esque shipbuilding game. Um, it looked like it had like Star Wars Rebels-esque animation in it. Obviously not to the same quality, but it seemed like that same kind of art style. Uh, this was a game where you had the ship and you mounted it on your controller and you put different parts on it and you can change what your ship was like. It was supposed to release a Q4 of last year Uh, I put down in the notes 2018. I meant to put 2017. It was meant to release at the end of last year. We haven't heard anything from it. Is that game dead? Because, you know, we've seen Toys to Life kind of die off. Amiibo are kind of the only thing still going strong. Disney Infinity closed down. Lego Dimensions has closed down. Is this just gone? Was this something that we signed It's going to be one of those things like, remember that from that E3 and it never came out?
3: Gone or very, very fundamentally reworked. Yeah yeah who knows it's weird that it came at such the tail end of the the toys to life I mean really once toys to life was already dead besides Amiibo yeah. so it's, it's just a weird thing who the hell knows
0: and this is a weak this is a weak comparison because I don't think the gameplay actually is anything like it but the trailer reads as no man's sky right you're a ship traveling through the same kind of art style so it's like to have it attached to no man's sky as well as toys for life I don't know how Ubisoft felt about that connection you know Not the best uh, PR there in good light amongst fans. Um, Yeah, so that's an interesting one. If we don't see that at this year's E3, I think we never see it again. That's my opinion of it, but we'll see what happens. Um, So Far Cry 5, this came out to mixed reception, obviously. I know you guys aren't super, I don't know if you finished it, Jordan, but I remember Dom saying you you weren't really fond of the ending. Um, I don't really want to spoil it for people who haven't played yet. Um, it was seen as a good game, but not a great game Which is tough because you ex- you want the Far Cry games to be great and Far Cry 3 was great um, But Far Cry 5 didn't seem to live up to those expectations. I want to know from you guys Are we seeing more DLC? There was some more DLC packs and it obviously has a character uh, Sorry the the content creator the level creator in it. Are we gonna see like a weird like Blood Dragon S expansion? Are we gonna see the tease of possibly what they did with um, Far Cry 4 and far cry primal where it's a reskinned of the previous map like are we going to see anything additional with far cry this year is it like too close to the release of far cry 5 that we're hush hush on that front
2: yeah i don't think so because this obviously had a season pass right with those three pieces of dlc so they're not going to go ahead and you know release something new that wasn't if it's not included in the season pass right um I guess what about it's possible.
0: Primal thing, where it's a reskin of the Far Cry Five map. They could tease it. I'm not saying they need to blow it out and have gameplay, but do you think it gets teased possibly? No, that I don't be think now. so. Yeah,
2: no. even if that does happen, yeah, that's like a next year kind of thing.
3: I would just hope that you know it's weird how they keep playing with this blood dragon thing. Like they have Easter eggs in all the games, and then they have the trials of the blood dragon. Like it's weird for them to not just cash in on something that people clearly fucking loved. So I don't get why they're not going with that.
0: Yeah, like, a whole game centered around, like, the Blood Dragon aesthetic and story. That'd be, like, doubling down on that. that would be crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm still... I, I might end up getting around to Far Cry 5. It's not something I'm yearning to play right now, but uh, I do like that they have the level creator stuff because that does add longevity to your game for people that possibly can't afford the season pass. Like, they're, like... I can only afford one game. I get Far Cry 5. Whether they like the story or not, it's an open world that gives them a lot of content. On top of the fact that there's a built-in level creator, so you have a community building stuff. And it depends on how long that community goes, right? But we'll see what happens with Far Cry 5. It's, it's interesting. I think that this might be a point where they see that they need to go in a super zany direction. And the next one possibly is not a mainline one, but they lean into Blood Dragon, right? That'd be really cool. Hopefully. Um, so they ended the show with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, they had a cinematic reveal trailer. It, was, it showed a lot of really cool characters. It uh, showed an awesome world. Uh, it looked very early in development. It was a completely cinematic trailer. Since then, we've gotten uh, teases of alpha gameplay. We've seen it early in alpha gameplay, like very early on. Um, they actually uh, live livestreamed uh, probably about a month ago. Uh, they were showcasing some more alpha gameplay of jetpacks and stuff like that in ships. Um, Do we see this at all this year? I'm of the mind that this is super far off, and I don't think we see any more of it. Um, But we could potentially see maybe another cinematic trailer showcasing how this ties into Jade from the first game because we didn't really get that from the, the initial launch trailer. What do you guys think? Do we see Beyond Good and Evil 2 at any point in Ubisoft's conference?
3: Yeah. Yeah, we do. We'll see. We'll see something. I get that it's far off, but now that they've reintroduced it, it's like you guys can't, you know, fall off of that wagon.
0: Let people know that it's still being worked on. Yeah, you
3: got to keep people's confidence up.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm super interested in Beyond Good and Evil 2. I never played the first one, but I love the world they sold in that cinematic trailer. Um, Dom, I don't know if you're sold on it yet, and if you're not, what would you have to see from the next uh, unveiling of Beyond Good and Evil 2 to get you sold on it?
2: I mean... I'm with you. Yeah that that world would look cool. the The trailer was really well made, but I have no idea what the gameplay is or anything, yeah. right? So I don't even, I I can't even begin to say like whether I would be into it or not, right? So I would, yeah, I have to see the gameplay. So would
0: you um, would you want it to be uh, third person like action adventure? Would that be something that lights you? Up I think you so. Excited?
2: Yeah, I, it, that's what I'm picturing based on the trailer. I could be way off. It could be. That's what they have shown mean, in
0: the alpha gameplay. Is it looks very much third person, but that could be. From them like okay. working on the game right, it could end up being first person, but
2: okay. That works, I'll have to so look at that. You want to... I'll have to check out that alpha gameplay then, because I never did peek at that. So
0: yeah, Caleb, what's your read on *Beyond Good and Evil 2*? I
2: I have no idea
0: where <laughs> that
1: game is right now. Um, I I never play. I didn't play the first one, um. But then from what I heard, like, um, like the the trailer kind of. The world it presented was somewhat different from the original Beyond Good and Evil. Like it was a bit darker. Like there was cursing and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a um, prequel too, so it takes place before the events of the first game. Yeah, yeah, which
1: I, I mean, I, I don't know, and I don't care one way or another because I don't have, I don't have any exactly. allegiance to that, yeah. that franchise. Yeah. But um, I don't know, and it, I mean, I understand that because it seems like the audience they're going for it's, it's definitely the fans of the original beyond good and evil i don't think um that they'll mind uh, a darker uh tone um especially if they can keep what made the first one good um but gameplay wise yeah i have no idea i definitely think it'll be third person i think it'd be really really weird to get to see that world first person, in yeah. first person like i i don't know um, but yeah, I have no idea where that game is, um, and I think that, yeah, we're at the point that they've shown it off, um, and now they have to show it off uh, every, from, every year from here on um, until that game releases. Kind of like Death Stranding, I feel, is kind of in that same boat.
0: It's, it's interesting, though, right, because uh, it, they, they haven't sold it in terms of this is the main protagonist you're playing as. We've seen certain characters... But it isn't yeah. being sold as those are the characters we're playing as. And one of my dreams, if done correctly, I would love for it to have a character creator where you create your own anthropomorphic animal. Like, they have certain, like, classes to choose from. I, on paper, like, if you pitch me a sci-fi game uh, with anthropomorphic animals, I'm at least intrigued enough, right? And I, I do think that the the characters they showcase are really cool and i'm interested to see if this is a game even if it's not a character creator i wonder if this is a game where you take control of individual characters because they've kind of hinted at that a little bit so you know you maybe you do some missions with uh forgive me i can't remember their names but like the monkey guy right maybe you can use him on certain missions or in the open world and he has access to things that maybe uh anthropomorphic rhino guy doesn't or um there was the 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 black girl that was driving the scooter with her maybe she's like into espionage like i wonder if it's gonna be a game where you have all these characters on your ship and you can recruit characters to your ship and they all have traits right positive and negative so i just i want to see more of the actual gameplay like i love the reveal trailer i just want to see more of what the game actually is and i don't know if we're still too early to even see that so my bet is another cinematic trailer um that maybe alludes at jade in some way to give those hardcore fans the, uh, the Thing that they want to see in, in the sequel, but I do think uh, like you said They are going for a different tone, and I think that's to play more towards a general audience because in terms of uh, Being a financial success they need to do that You know, there's a reason that the first game was a cult classic and Ubisoft isn't going to green light a game with the budget That it seems like this game is going to have without it playing to a more general audience So we'll see what happens um, that's pretty much everything we saw in the in the last year's show and how they're going to be playing out in this year's show. I want to go to some lingering questions and speculation about this year's conference. So the first thing is The Division 2. Um, we, as a podcast, actually have a really close tie to The Division, considering that the game re- the first Division released the week that we started the podcast, which is really huh. cool. Yeah, really hmm. strange connection there. Yeah, I um, remember that. Yeah, our first podcast we were talking about is the division going to lead up to expectations and all of that stuff, um, which is really interesting. So we know that it's releasing before April 2019. Ubisoft has said as much. Um, I put on here, do we see it? I think, of course, we're going to be seeing it. Um, does it play, uh, Does it take place in New York again? That's what I want to know from you guys. gonna? Are they going to double down on that same world? Maybe the map's going to be bigger. Um, but is it still taking place in New York with the virus and everything that went down? Are we seeing a battle royale mode at any point? Or is that something they're holding on closer to the end of the year and closer to release? And the other thing I wanna know from you guys, what's the big draw of this one? Like what makes this division two and not the division added content, right? Is it the scope of the map? Are we seeing a larger map? Is it vehicles? Do you have drivable vehicles in this one? Cause you didn't in the first uh, division. Um, another idea I had is possibly dynamic weather. So there's different types of weather that happen on the map dynamically rain and snow and stuff like that because the first division had a snow-filled New York City but it wasn't dynamically changing and it wasn't snowing and snow was falling on the ground and stuff like that so those are my questions for you guys does it still take place in New York? Are we seeing Battle Royale? And what's the big draw for the sequel?
3: I think it'd be cool to see how this world was affected in other areas like other cities or maybe even more rural areas Um, because you know obviously I'm sure it happened if not all over America then all over the world Um, and it would be cool to see like the division itself uh, how they're trying to save other areas so um, that's what I would like to see
1: yeah I definitely don't think it's taking place in New York again because I mean we've we've seen with the other Ubisoft games they like to jump from setting to setting um, especially with Far Cry and I mean Assassin's Creed at this point hasn't tread the same ground um, recently so I, I definitely think we'll see um, a new area I don't know where that would be I didn't play the first division um, so I don't know if any other areas were referenced um, at all and I don't I don't know if they've teased any other areas kind of like how I know Watch Dogs um, did leading up to the reveal of Watch Dogs 2 um, but yeah, I don't think it takes place in New York again, and that might be that might lead to inter- interesting um, weather things, as you brought up. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I could Down. see
2: like a like a Paris or a London. In Paris. Uh, what's like a really big city in Asia? Maybe like a Singapore or something. I don't know something. Yeah. Something along those oh. lines.
0: Dom, do we see Battle Royale though? Is that something that's featured in the the demonstration of Division Two?
2: I don't think so. To me, this game, and I only I played a few minutes of it, and you know, and watched some gameplay. But this game, I don't know. It does, to me doesn't lean lead itself into being that kind of that kind of game. Like I don't think that mode would work too well here. Um, but I could be wrong. And the more I think about it, that maybe there's something cool about well, you're in a big city, and there's buildings and stuff. Um,
0: well, in the first game, there was this place called the Dark Zone. And when you entered it, uh, it was this big map that was PVP, this big area of New York City. And people, there was like, I, I want to say just off the top, I had like 16 different exit points to the Dark Zone. And obviously the middle of it was like this area with buildings and stuff. And instead of dropping it in an airplane, maybe you all spawn in a section of the city, right? And maybe, obviously it pushes you in, so it'll push you into the center of whatever, whatever that area is. Uh, obviously, this is saying it's New York City, but maybe it's a different area like you guys alluded to. Um, I do think it plays well to it, but I do think it had to be different than what we'd expect from a Battle Royale clone, right? I do think it'll have yeah. some unique things that make it fit into the Division. Um, in terms of the big draw, do you think that like they're going to double down on maybe a bigger map? Because was one of the complaints with the Division is that the game was great and everything, but it didn't seem like the map was as big as it should have been for what they were promising. Um, do you yeah, that's I think you get you, double down on?
2: you get that. You get some of those other things you mentioned, like dynamic weather. You know, maybe some more NPCs are interactive, um, or they you know they have their schedules. Those typical things that developers like to talk about. But the big thing, otherwise, would be um, I mean, it's a it'll be a new setting, right? That's kind of going to be like the the jump, right? Like oh, Assassin's Creed in uh, Egypt, right? It'd be kind of yeah. along those lines, and then all that other stuff is kind of ancillary.
3: Speaking of it settings, is- you were talking about. Uh couple of places maybe in asia paris does sound really cool what about dubai dubai that's that's dubai cool. the fucking because town I was thinking you know of. that's uh a place that's known for its uh, massive amount of wealth and, um, and like commerce and and world yeah and kind of being almost like uh, tacky with it kind of uh, gauche if you will um over mm. the top so it would be cool to see how that looks uh once it's all broken down and maybe you could just you know walk over to the side of the road and hotwire a Lamborghini or something, you know, a neon purple Lamborghini.
0: Yeah, and the cool thing is, so the division was centered around, obviously, like, a plague and disease that happened around like a nuclear winter type of thing. Um, it would be interesting if they turned that on its head and the division, two took place in, like, a Dubai, but instead of it being covered in snow, it was covered in sand, right, sandstorms. So, like, a lot of it was, like, there encapsulated you and you had to go underground into these buildings that were under massive dunes. Um, it definitely gives me, like, Spec Ops, the line vibes, uh, that aesthetic, which would be really cool. Um, yeah, I could possibly see him turning it on the head because the first one is very foreboding and dark and a lot of grays and whites because it's centered around a snowy New York. I wonder if they turn it and it's, no, this is, like, a more vibrant area, but it still is affected, maybe just by different weather. Um yeah, there's also this weird thing going on right now in, in, in media with, um, like, toxic rain and stuff. There's a new series that came out on uh, on Netflix, and yeah. if they did London, they could potentially do it towards rain, right, uh, in London and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things. We're in a, a place now where people are waning on Destiny 2, and I think people want to be excited and thrilled by Anthem and The Division 2. Like They want something to actually deliver on the promises of what these games can be, this genre. And I think that The Division 2 and Anthem can win the hearts of a lot of people who are sitting out on Destiny 2 right now waiting for something to dive into headfirst. So we'll see what happens there. Um, <laughs> This breaks my heart. I know it breaks Caleb's heart and Jordan's. I think all of us, really. (laughs) Ubiart. We haven't seen Ubiart for a while. Uh, I want to talk to you guys. Obviously, now we can possibly assume that the program is dead. But I want to talk about, uh, because I always want an excuse to talk about Child of the Light 2 or maybe a Valiant Hearts sequel or something. Do you think the Nintendo Switch is a good enough thing, a good enough excuse for them to bring it back? Maybe a partnership with Nintendo where you know, they can't work on these Mario plus Rabbids games and spend three, uh, you, they have to release them every three years, right? I wonder if Nintendo talked about UBR and maybe that's a partnership where Ubisoft doesn't see it as financially viable but maybe Nintendo does and maybe they partner to bring UBR back and Child of Light 2 is announced and it's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. You know, is, that, it's, is, a, is there a mm, world where that's possible?
3: It's just no. weird to create this whole banner and only release two small games under it and it's not like they don't have the fucking resources i mean they open a studio every week so they greenlit beyond good and
0: evil 2 they're really yeah like (laughs) i
3: i do not understand and there's no way those games weren't successful uh financially i just don't believe that so um yeah it's kind of ridiculous that we haven't seen more i think
2: i don't see any exclusivity but they could be looking at the switch and seeing how well some indie games do there on that platform and being like okay yeah Um, Now, whether or not they use the UB art platform, I think, I don't think so. I think that kind of, I don't know. Even if they did Child of Light 2, I don't know that they, you know, use the phrase UB art anymore.
0: Um, It's tough, man. Like, cause Child, like, I love Valiant Hearts, but that's definitely, you can read that as a self-contained game, right? But Child of Light is definitely one of those, like, franchises you can build upon. Like, I could easily see a Child of Light 2, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, And, uh, I, it's, it's tough, man. Because, like, if that's announced, it's a total sign of good faith. Uh, Jordan, you were mentioning, I, maybe it was before the podcast or during, that you like their direction that Ubisoft has been headed. And I think this would play as a great fan service move to bring Child of Light back. Um, I, I, I think, Dom, you're correct, too. I don't think we see the UB art banner anymore. But I do think there is a world where Child of Light 2 can exist. And that's a world I want to believe in. Um, yeah, whether or not that's we're gonna see that. Uh, I my heart says 80%, my mind says 20%, if that. So we'll see. It's 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 tough, man. UBR is like one of the most disappointing things in video games because they released two great games, like those games are also critically well received. And just to see the program disappear entirely is so weird. So weird. Um,
1: yeah. And I mean, weren't the Rayman games under the UBR banner as well? That's a good point. Know, Legends no, and, they Legends
0: were and uh, Origins. I don't know.
1: Because I remember seeing, they had a, um, a presentation, I think at um, GDC, where they were showing off the UBR engine um, with Rayman, because um, rem- they showed like just how easy it was to draw something up um, and put it into the game and give it
3: properties and stuff like that. I
0: think it was made with the UBR engine, but I don't think it was marketed as a UBR game in the same way that Child of Light and Valiant Hearts were. Like I'm pretty were, sure yeah. they have those the says-
3: labels at the beginning of those games. Maybe
0: not Origins, but yeah, uh, yeah I re- I yeah, know, I like, thought Legends up, at it's
3: least got the UBR logo.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about like on stage they didn't present it. As, oh, this is a UBR game as the the forefront, right? I think I think they did that with Child of Light and Valiant Hearts. Whereas Rayman was created with that, but it wasn't the showpiece part of that game. I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. I, I would love to see it. Hopefully we do. Earlier you mentioned Watch Dogs, Caleb. Do we see Watch Dogs three this guy uh, Watch Dogs three this year? Um, you know, Watch Dogs two released in 2016. Um, Ubisoft actually self-described it as a soft launch in terms of sales numbers. Uh, they said it was successful, but it wasn't near what they expected um, My question to you guys is like if Watch Dogs 3 exists, is, it, is there a different direction? Is there a different tone? Uh, what would make you interested in Watch Dogs 3? What do they have to do to make it a more popular and like mainstream franchise because it's been successful, but not for not in terms of like what Ubisoft expects, right? So, I don't
3: know. If anything, it's not uh, going to be shown at this year's E3, I don't think. No way, no how. I think, if anything, that would be next year or the year after. But uh, I definitely think they'll be a third Watch Dogs.
0: Yeah. The, the,
1: yeah and I, I mean, I don't know. And it's tough because I feel that Watch Dogs 2 had such a, I uh, almost – it's almost the direct opposite of Far Cry 5 where Far Cry 5 was presented with this very strong political message but didn't really capitalize on anything that it was presenting, where Watch Dogs 2 was super, had a a super upfront political message um, and was super blatant about everything it said um, but didn't really see a lot of um, commercial success with that Um, I thought Watch Dogs 2 did everything right tonally, but seeing that they didn't have a lot of success with that. Um, I don't know if they read that so much as it's just coming off the poor reception of the original watchdogs or people just aren't into the tone that they took watchdogs to. Um, I don't I know. People, I'm really people interested in see People were see alienated
0: where they go. with the like dead mouse character. To be quite honest, like <laughs> as small a part as that is, that guy with like the the headpiece thing, I think turned off a lot of people. And they, I think a lot of people, for lack of a better term, this term goes around the internet a lot, were felt it was kind of cringy. Um, and I think the the main character, I think people kind of liked, but some of those side characters they tried to introduce, I think played too much into stereotypes that people weren't in love with. Um, Which is strange because it seems like with the first Watch Dogs, Aiden Pierce, I want to say his name was, that character was very, like, gray, muted.
1: No personality. Exactly.
0: And I think they went in the opposite direction. And I think for a lot of people it was maybe too much personality. Um, The same thing we're kind of seeing happen with Rage 2 um, that was announced a couple of weeks ago is that a lot of people don't like that aesthetic and they don't even care what the game is. They just don't like, like, those characters or what they're doing. And that could have been the point with Watch Dogs 2 of like they didn't even care about if the, the political message isn't are doing it right or if the game handled well. Just like, yeah, these like weird tacky, like punk rockish hacker guys, not for me, you know? I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I don't think the next game takes place in San Francisco. I think they go somewhere else. Just like you guys were saying with Division, I think it's a new location. Um, I have a prediction I might have later in terms of what, what I expect from Watch Dogs 3, but I don't want to call it out yet. Um, Splinter Cell. This one's interesting. So we mm. recently had Sam Fisher show up in Ghost Recon Wildlands. Michael Ironside has returned to voice the character. Um, he, in interviews with IGN and other game outlets, he basically hinted at a new Splinter Cell game, and people have kind of run with that. He said he's kind of working with Ubisoft uh, again on something else, and uh, yeah, that's assumedly a Splinter Cell game. We know Ubisoft has stated they have three major titles releasing within the next year. Um, obviously, one of those is Division Two. Um, I don't remember what the other one was. Oh, the Crew 2, and then people assume the other one is possibly Splinter Cell. Do we see a new Splinter Cell game, and if so, what do you expect it to be?
3: Yeah, I think, I think it's time. I don't really know what I expect it to be, um, but you know, it'll have cool tech and all that. Um, the biggest thing is, yeah, I just think it is time. It will be revealed, uh, this year, and... Um, probably be coming out this year or next spring.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't That game is kind of weird looking at it in a post, like, kind of um, Metal Gear Solid 5 world. And after after Dishonored 2, like, the stealth um, sort of genre, I feel, has kind of changed since the release of Blacklist. Like, I think Blacklist was the last of that kind of um stealth game and i think that hitman is somewhat close um but just because of the the core like foundation of it like i feel like hitman's more of a puzzle than uh, splinter cell is um i don't know what that game what the new splinter cell look, looks like i think that we might see it go and it'd be interesting to see an open world splinter cell game um, with really big stealth environments Um, I think that 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 could be a huge selling point for that game and really get a large audience to jump on and support that product. Um, Yeah, I definitely think we see it um, at the show, and I think that there's a good chance it might come out this year, um, specifically because I don't know what else uh, Ubisoft has to offer at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. The interesting thing here, too, is like I could potentially see it as Splinter Cell on Ubisoft stage isn't the first time we see Splinter Cell. Um, I could definitely see it possibly popping up on Xbox's stage. Uh, there oh, shows definitely. obviously yeah. on Sunday and it, it just works so well, especially with the green. Uh, people might think it's like obviously an Xbox logo or something popping up and you see the heartbeat with the green, you know, the classic Splinter Cell and, uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know if they'd go open a world. That seems to be the the trend that Ubisoft goes with their games. But maybe this is the opposite of that, where it's more of a of a toned in uh, kind of I guess yeah, like a narrative focused game. Um, and it kind of sets it apart. It's tough. I think I think we're ready for a new Splinter Cell game, and uh, that franchise has enough clout that. It, it's just it's fine. It doesn't need necessarily a whole reinvention. It just needs some tweaking to modern standards and uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, this one. I just threw on the list. I don't think we're seeing this at all But this is something that's in the works the avatar game uh, Ubisoft stated that it won't release before 2020 to coincide with uh, the sequel and then all of the other sequels um, It's being developed by massive entertainment who are the people that developed the division um, like we stated before, Ubisoft has a ton of teams, so Massive can be working at this at the same time they're working on the Division 2 with a bunch of other teams. Um, and another statement, in March of last year, Massive announced that their next major title will be based on Avatar. So I was looking through some stuff, and it's not inherently stated that the Division 2 is going to be developed by Massive. So people are assuming it is because the first Division was, we could we could definitely see that The Division 2 was developed by somebody else, another Ubisoft studio, and Massive has just been toying away at uh, the Avatar game. Do you think we see it? Is there a chance? (laughs) I don't think so, but...
3: I think that that they're going to reveal it next year, Z3.
0: Yeah. It's it's so weird, man. (laughs) They already did an Avatar game
3: for the original movie. Yeah, that was more of like a license
0: thing, though. That wasn't like what this is being promised to be yeah we'll see i don't know it's avatar interesting i liked avatar but just it's a very weird thing like hey we're building avatar for avatar Yeah. um so some other game questions i have for you guys um i'm gonna do this first question for myself because i think i'm the only one that has maybe caleb you might but i'm i think i'm the only one that has interest in this franchise i love this franchise actually um the trials franchise the trials games um red links lastly put out the trials of the blood dragon which wasn't even a core trials game it was a weird mashup thing um a lot of uh, hardcore trials fans were actually kind of put off by it um because it just seemed like to be a wacky a a wacky collab between two different properties um the last game was in 2016 that was the blood dragon trials of the blood dragon i could potentially see us seeing another trials game i think those games work very well with the nintendo switch they're obviously side scroller games and, um, I don't know. I don't think it would, there's a world where it launches exclusively on Nintendo switch, but I do think there's a world where switch might have exclusive content. Um, like red links might work with Nintendo and possibly have some, like, I would love to play a trials game where I could like have Waluigi in it or something very I don't something that ever happened, but that'd be really cool. Um, but I do think there's a possibility we do see a new trials game. Probably red links comes out wearing some weird, like alum FAO inspired outfits. Like they always do. Um, but yeah, that's. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say uh, about Trials. Nope. We'll get yeah, another one I, soon enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the perfect game to sort of release that day. Like, hey, here's a new Trials game. It's out now yeah. on Switch. Like, I think that'd be a really cool um, way to roll out that game. Um, I would yeah, even I don't think dead, of a, a
0: port of the first three, like to Switch. I would. Yeah, love that, that'd too. be cool. So. I think Trials, Trials is a great game. They sell really well for the budget they have. They're just not the main, like one of the main Ubisoft franchises, but they're really fun games. They definitely get to the sadist in me, you know, the Dark Souls lover in me. Those games get very hard and I love it. Um, I guess we'll, we'll shoot to you on this one, uh, Jordan. Are we seeing a new Rayman game? We saw Rayman Legends in 2013. Uh, remember it was supposed to be a Wii U exclusive and then it wasn't. Um, are we seeing it this year? Are we seeing a new Rayman game, and is it another 2D platformer, or are they taking it in a weird direction?
3: I don't know. I don't necessarily know that that's an E3 reveal. I think you can do that at pretty much any time of the year, but it's certainly possible.
0: Well, I mean, Rayman is a pretty big franchise for Ubisoft. They they sell particularly well.
3: Yeah, I, I'm just not quite sure. Who knows how much they'll focus <laughs> also, on. Also,
0: Ubisoft's Ubisoft's conferences tend to be like the longest ones, so it's like I don't yeah. think they're afraid of shoving stuff in there. You know. Who knows? Dom, um, yeah. uh, are we seeing Prince of Persia revival?
3: Dude, I don't, no. I don't no. think so. Okay, <laughs> well, I fucking love Prince of Persia, so I'm going to hop in here. We <laughs> need a new Prince of Persia. It Damn, is time, man. just like uh, it's time with Splinter Cell. If we got both Splinter Cell and Prince of Persia revealed at this year's E3, especially when you're not going to have an Assassin's Creed this year... That would be fucking dope. So I would really, really hope that we do see a Prince of Persia reveal.
0: I think if it exists, it's not an open-world game. I think they would make make a conscious decision to make sure it's not an open-world game. And that's good. I don't think Prince of Persia needs to be an open-world game, right? Um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I just think they, they would make, want to make sure that it differentiates itself enough. And uh, I think I think there's a place for a Prince of Persia game. What that ends up being is interesting, but who knows? Speaking of franchises that may never return, Caleb, the last Call of uh, mm. Juarez game was released in 2013. Are we seeing another Call of Juarez game?
1: Yo, Call of Juarez Gunslinger is a great game. That game's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I... I'd, I'd, no. Like, I'd, I'd like to say yes, but I don't think that we see anything from that franchise, at least at this E3. Um, I'd, really, I'd really love to, but I... I don't think that that game really has any place in Ubisoft's lineup right now.
0: I would love to live in a universe where a Call of Horrors game gets announced and it comes out the same day as Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, just the ballsiness yes. of Ubisoft to do something yes. like that would be hilarious. Um, yeah. That'd just be so funny. It's like, come on now. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they, it has a place right now in its current lineup. Um, this one, I guess, I don't want to position anybody in particular because I think this is an interesting talking point. We've seen Marvel games and we've seen them have a commitment to getting their properties in the right hands. They're not, you know, having the license put out to a bunch of different studios and make these games that get churned out year after year. It seems like they have a focus on having certain studios work on certain licenses and they're willing to listen to pitches and they really want to make AAA games that people enjoy. Do you think, we've heard of Square Enix getting the Avengers deal, we obviously know about Insomniac Spider-Man, do you think behind the scenes Ubisoft tied up a Marvel property and are working on one? I mean, Ubisoft is one of the biggest publishers in the world, they have a ton of studios, do you think that they got their hands on a Marvel game? Do you think we'll see that? No. No?
3: We would have heard about it. I do like the fact that uh, Marvel hasn't gone the Star Wars route and just licensed it to one publisher, which I think was a bad idea. Um. So I would like to see it. You know, there's obviously tons of flipping heroes that could have their own game and would, you know, do it really well. I'd love to see a Ubisoft X-Men game. That'd be great.
0: I would love to see. Uh, this is a uh, not a super deep cut, but I would love to see a Ubisoft Moon Knight game in the same style like an Assassin's Creed. I would love that. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Uh Caleb, what do you think? Do you think they got their hands on, on Marvel? Or are we seeing anything from them?
1: No, I th- I think like it's my I don't like they would have we would have heard about it if they did get their hands on uh a Marvel game license. Um yeah, I just don't think it's happening
0: right now yeah. at least. Shoot for the stars, man. It'd be... Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's... Uh, we probably would have heard of it by now. But it's not something that's so outlandish that if we do see it at E3, I'm like, oh, I can't believe this happened. I'm like, totally makes sense. You sure. Know? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Earlier I mentioned that Ubisoft has confirmed that three AAA games will launch this fiscal year. So up until March of 2019. Um, well, ends April, obviously. Uh, we know that Division 2 is coming out in April. Uh, we know the Crew 2 launches a couple of weeks after E3. What's that third That third game? Uh, you know, Splinter they're, they're Cell. Ex- they're expecting to sell roughly 19 million units. Are we all on the boat that it's Splinter Cell? Is that their third big pillar? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Seems like the most obvious, right? And usually the most obvious answer is the correct one. Um, because just, you
2: figure Division 2, they probably want to sell, I don't know, 10 million? That would be a pretty lofty achievement. The Crew 2, maybe only a couple million there at best, think, right? Yeah, top of so the like
0: four, probably yeah you're looking
2: at something that needs at least four million that's got i mean that's a that's a goal for splinter cell that i don't know if it'll hit it but i could see that would be the goal for it
0: for me it's either splinter cell or in the 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 more uh unlikely scenario i think it's watchdogs i think those are the only two that we we're unsure about that we could potentially see that would be able to hit those sales numbers some of these other games i'm obviously not too sure if they'd uh, if they'd sell that much. so I'd we'll say see. Prince
3: of Persia is more likely than Watch Dogs just because of the time that Watch Dogs 2 has been out. It yeah. hasn't been two years yet.
0: Especially with the soft sales uh, launch numbers, they I think they want to make sure that that thing is cooked long enough that we wouldn't see a two-year dev cycle on that bad boy either. So I'm, I am agree with you there on the Watch Dogs. Um, we're going to get into predictions. Um, I don't re- usually mention last year's predictions, but I want to mention the one that was correct. It was the softball of all softballs. Uh, Dom predicted that we would see Mario and Rabbids and that it was real and it was revealed. Because though we did see the leak of the, the marketing material, we st- everyone still didn't want to believe it. We don't want Mario and Rabbids mixing up, having a fun old time. We don't want that happening. So we allotted it as a prediction because it wasn't confirmed and he got that. So it was an easy softball. Way finish. to go,
2: Dom. Yeah. Prediction points are hard to come by, you guys. <laughs> it,
0: exactly. <sighs> Um, we're gonna be getting into this year's predictions. I'm gonna be going first, followed by Jordan, Dom, and Caleb. We're gonna go round robin, or round table, uh, red robin, and we're gonna give our predictions, and hopefully Yum. we get hopefully we get some of them correct. Uh, so I'll go first. I'm doubling down. We're getting a Rayman 2D platformer, a new one. It's coming out this fall. Uh, it's gonna have a Nintendo Switch partnership attached to it. So whether that's a release window, so it comes out first on Nintendo Switch before everything else, or exclusive content it's gonna have it's gonna have it's gonna have a Nintendo switch partnership somewhere or another so that's my first prediction Rayman 2d platformer fall 2018 Nintendo switch partnership in some way either the release window or exclusive content um, yeah I think it's it's not a, like an outlandish bet but I don't think it's a hundred percent safe because uh, just because of the partnership how it fell out with uh rayman legends being a wii u exclusive and then not um but i think now with the nintendo switch yubi's like yeah we're, we're back on it we're back being the third uh the, the third party publisher that comes out on nintendo in a big way so that's my first prediction jordan what's yours
3: so i just want to mention that last year i predicted a splinter cell game so when it happens <laughs> this year i said it before it was cool um <laughs> But just because I want to will it into existence, I'm gonna say, "New Prince of Persia."
0: New Prince of Persia? Ooh, I think that's I think that's not much there in terms of additional stuff. But the fact that you're just saying that a Prince of Persia game exists and will be shown, I think that's more than enough. I think it's a, a ballsy <laughs> prediction in and of itself. So, I hope for your sake. I hope it's true. I hope we see Prince of Persia return. Jake Gyllenhaal comes out on stage and says, "I like Fuck to show off. you." This. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. Fuck uh, off. Dom, what's your first prediction?
2: So I'm going to twist yours a little bit, Jared. I'm going to say there's a new Rayman game, um, but it's a 3D platformer. Um, okay. Oh, they've dealt with that
0: space before. I think 64 yep. was last and they did it. So,
2: yeah. Oh, there was one on the PlayStation 2, my friend, and I was all about that shit. Oh, Jesus. Um, I was talking
0: about good ones. I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, I didn't even know about the PC. I mean, yeah. to a 7-year-old,
2: most games are good. Anyway. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, a 3D Rayman platformer. It will come to Switch, but no sort of partnership or exclusivity or anything like that. But they'll okay. announce, you know, it's coming to Switch, uh, Xbox, PS4, um, PC type of thing. So,
0: you want to add a release to that release window, release year, anything, or are you just sticking with that? It's fine like that. I'm just. I'll stick you. with
2: that because that's pretty damn ballsy.
0: Yeah, 3D platformer, no Nintendo Switch partnership. Got it. Yeah. Caleb, what's your first prediction? You're you're a, a rookie here on our E3 Predictions podcast, so this is going to be your first prediction ever.
1: Yeah, man, you guys are out there right now. 3D <laughs> Rayman, Prince of Persia. Um, so um, I'm gonna go with uh, kind of a combination of two. We're gonna get, we're gonna see both uh, the first Far Cry 5 DLC pack. Um, I think it's called Dead Living Zombies, uh, which is kind of cool. And we'll see a new Assassin's Creed uh, DLC expansion that's definitely more in line with the alternate history sort of stuff. Like, I guess like. Kind of in the Far Cry Blood Dragon, uh, direction. Um, both of them get release dates no later than July thirty first. I guess. Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, I think that we we definitely see a lot of gameplay. Not a lot, but gameplay. Uh, for the Far Cry Five, uh, DLC, and I even think that uh, let's say one of those comes out um, at the show that day.
0: Okay. So, just to word this down properly, uh, <laughs> two expansions, both released before when?
1: Uh, July 31st of summer.
0: Oh, so they're going to be coming out soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. What's going to be my second prediction? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Here's my second prediction. The Division 2, we get a Battle Royale tease. The trailer for ba- uh, The Division 2 is going to feature a Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar song, specifically. And, uh, you know, the hype trailer with Kendrick Lamar playing in the background. And dynamic weather is going to be a selling point of, of Division 2. I think they're going to have a, a short clip there showing, like, a montage of, like, all of the different weather that happens in the game. Um, so that's my, that's my uh, prediction. Battle Royalties, a trailer featuring Kendrick Lamar music and dynamic weather is showcased. So, All right. Yeah.
3: How many car doors close? Jesus. How many times uh, does Sean... How long does it take Sean Laden to touch his fingers?
0: God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to do the car door thing because I think it can go off the rails real quick. Um, I, this won't count for my prediction, but I, I say bare minimum 15 doors close. What oh, if they dang. do a thing where Slug like the doors. trailer
3: starts out and it's like... That's their thing is, like, car doors closing. It's like, doof, doof, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now we're or ready to go. Or to the beat. That'd be
0: cool. yeah, Or, exactly. like, it shows the city before whatever happened to that city happens, and it's people running to their house and shutting their doors. You know, like, getting inside her safety. So, they're just hundreds of doors. Um, what's your second prediction, Jordan?
3: Okay, so, I, I guess I'll do something outlandish for my next one. But this one's going to be... You just said uh, Prince
0: of Persia. I think you can do a safe one.
3: <laughs> that's not that outlandish, Jared. That's—I mean—that's a big franchise. So uh, I say that we're going to get the single-player campaign reveal for Skull
0: and Bones. Interesting. Okay, we're going to see—we're going to see, we're gonna see uh, non-ship combat essentially.
3: Yeah, and like a cutscene or whatever.
0: Ooh, cool. Or right, is it going to have? Are, are we going to see them, like, in a non, like... Are we going to see, like, characters, like, out in a city or on something? On land.
3: Yeah, like, on yeah. land. Also, zero car doors will shut in this trailer.
0: <laughs> safe prediction. I would love just a car... Like, there's, like, a, a giant <laughs> ship that's a car. And door closes. The um, DeLorean
3: comes in, and then just the doors close.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dom, what's your second prediction? Yours was a little outlandish, too, so you can play it a little safe if you want to.
2: All right, this one I think is safer... At some point uh, during this conference, uh, Yves Gaumont or somebody will make a slick allusion to having avoided, at least for now, the buyout from Vivendi. You know, Yves Gaumont. Like Yves Gaumont. Something along the lines...
0: They're going to celebrate the fact that Vivendi is no longer a threat, essentially.
2: Not sell. So, well, yeah, but subtly, right? So something along the lines of... Uh, and despite some outside interest, we are still here going strong under our own ownership. Or something like... No, nothing like labeled specifically or said uh, explicitly, you know? But uh, yeah. they'll allude to that in some way. Now that
0: we got some breathing room, let's get on with the right. show or something like
2: that. exactly. Something yeah. like that.
0: Um, I think that's a pretty safe call. Yeah. Um, Caleb, what's your second prediction here?
1: Um, Well, I was thinking about it. And if we're... Uh... If we're going with willing things into existence today, uh, we're going to see UBR uh, yes. in full force. Um, and now I never, I I love Child of Light. Like that's one of my favorite games ever. But I um, I always thought that Valiant Hearts always made better potential for a sequel just because I think that um, that sort of like as a franchise or as a, a banner has more room to grow. Like I think they can explore different wars because was that was set during World War One.
0: Yeah, right? it was called Valiant Hearts: of The Great War. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that we can see. Uh, we'll see Valiant Hearts Two, um, and not not called Two, but Valiant Hearts subtitle something else. Um, set at a different war. Um, comes out. Uh. No later than July 31st, again. uh, Summer release. I like my summer releases.
0: Jesus, that soon. Okay, okay. So we're seeing UBR come back, and specifically we're seeing a Valiant Hearts follow-up or sequel coming out before July 31st. Yeah. Okay.
1: Please.
0: (laughs) Please, hopefully, will it into existence. If Michael Huber can do it, anybody can. Um, Third prediction here. Let's see. Um, I have a Watch Dogs 3 one, but I think... Jordan's made a very viable case, and all of you guys have that. That's not happening. So I'm wiping that one off. The prediction I had was that we'd see a non, like, the protagonist for that game wouldn't be a set protagonist. That it'd actually be go the character creator out. So you know how, like, the first two were set characters? Uh, that, that's what my prediction was going to be, but I'm not going with that. Uh, Red Links unveiling a new Trials game, I think, is too safe. Way too safe. Okay, I'll go with this one. I say that Splinter Cell comes out uh, in August August release date I think that Michael Ironside is Sam Fisher which I don't think that's outlandish. that I'm just adding that as a part of my prediction Michael Ironside returns as Sam Fisher but I think in the trailer they showcase and allude to the fact that he's not going to be the splinter cell main protagonist moving forward and I think that what the game is gonna end up being is that you're gonna either play a Sam Fisher or somebody else but Sam Fisher's gonna be heavily involved because Michael Ironside isn't getting any younger. He's very old. And it's hard yeah. for people to see Sam Fisher voiced by anybody else. And I think the way that Ubisoft moves forward with that is they have Sam Fisher heavily involved in this game, but it alludes to somebody else taking over the mantle. And I could definitely see it in a way that by the end of this game, you're no longer controlling Sam Fisher. And obviously that won't be that specific kind of storyline won't be revealed at E3. But I do think think in the trailer it is alluded to, and you can you can draw from that Sam Fisher won't be the main protagonist for the entirety of that game. Um, so that's my prediction. August release date, Matt Carr inside is Sam Fisher, but he's not, he has a co protagonist. A what if protagonist. he
3: dies in the trailer and then it does like the rewind thing? And so you're like, the beginning of the game is him dying and then you play through the game. Oh Damn. 14 cool. weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah so that's mine is that good you think like guys it's not too safe of a prediction right i don't think so dude august the main protagonist yeah yeah well the, the release date thing's hard down because i'm like september's packed october's kind of packed november's kind of packed so it's like it's not coming out in december so I'm, I, I'm i'm hitting i'm saying august i'm staying with august so that's my third prediction jordan what about you
3: you want something safe jared Eve- Gimol <laughs> will show up on stage
0: Eh, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
3: Okay, I think we will get these, uh gameplay reveal of Beyond Good and Evil.
0: Oh, cool. So we're going to see not alpha gameplay. We're going to see, like, polished, nice gameplay.
3: No, no, it'll probably be alpha gameplay, but, you yeah.
0: okay. know. I mean, hell,
3: the Assassin's Creed gameplay reveals always say alpha gameplay, and they're, like, six months from release at that point.
0: Question. So is this cinematic gameplay in terms of they turn off the HUD and everything, or is this actual gameplay? Like, you can point out, oh, that's obviously gameplay.
3: I mean, most of the time for E3 gameplay stuff, they turn off HUDs. so sure. But my prediction is gameplay reveal of Beyond Good and Evil.
0: Yeah, I guess not necessarily HUD's. What I'm saying is, like, so in the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer, when the protagonist tackles that guy, that's obviously oh. gameplay in the game. Yeah. But that's more cinematic. That's not actual gameplay, right? Right love like you like shooting or moving or stuff that's like a cinematic gameplay piece you're saying we'll see gameplay whether or not there's a hud or anything you're saying we'll see it's going to be
2: extremely obvious that it's gameplay whereas in that red dead trailer i like, like probably most people didn't even
3: think that that was gameplay, yeah the right? red right. dead yeah. stuff is kind of wonky anyways that's all yeah, I, I
0: think we're getting too yeah. involved in this i understand what you're saying yeah. they're gonna show <laughs> I, I, fucking
3: gameplay jared what do you want from me <laughs>
0: exactly uh dom what's your third and final prediction
3: Alright, I got one a little different, a little
2: safe, but also not so safe in a way. Um, so, my prediction is that I'm going to be the only one out of all of us that um, that determines the Ubisoft press conference was their least favorite out of all three, or out of all six or whatever it is, but... Okay. let ter- something
0: attached to that, because that's super subjective. Yeah, you could Ubisoft do to, is usually my least point.
3: favorite, actually, so...
0: Yeah.
3: Well, that's why I wanted to include...
2: Us, Ex- us, not yeah. just you, got it, okay. I- exactly, because obviously I can change my own mind to get an yeah. extra point if I wanted to, but I'm saying, yeah, you guys will not think this is your least favorite, it'll be just me, um, okay. so I'll, and I'll even, uh, I'll even like EA's better than yeah, Ubisoft's. It Star
3: Wars. <laughs> Does it? I don't know. Dude, I, I mean, know. they have Star Wars, and they still fucked it up last year, I mean, they have exactly. conferences, so.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that with Chris when he we predict well, Let's EA, talk but, about yeah. mobile. God. Uh, so, oh, anything else attached to that? Sorry.
2: Uh, no, just that. So, and in, in that's in terms of, in terms of content and presentation, just overall.
0: Okay, you'll 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 be like, you'll be the only one out of us three saying like, man, I really didn't like Ubisoft's conference. It was easily my <laughs> least favorite. Yeah. Right,
2: and that's that's a far cry, huh? I like you most of Ubisoft's games, and I hate EA's conferences pretty vehemently every single year so
0: yeah the, the the issue ubisoft always has that i didn't think they ran into last year is that sometimes they draw out stuff way too long like yeah they had that whole assassin's creed thing where they like showed the movie like a clip from the movie and they they had here's allison like, hay slip to talk to some random dude about the movie two years ago they had the like 10 minute presentation about eagle flight <laughs> that vr game they do some very interesting things yeah, um, Caleb. What's your final prediction?
1: Um, my final prediction. Uh, I'd be doing my good friend Roger a disservice uh, if I didn't talk about Splinter Cell. Okay. Um, this this will be our fourth year, I think, talking about E3, and he's predicted Splinter Cell every, <laughs> every single year. year. <laughs> um, that's one of his favorite franchises. Um, but yeah, I think we definitely see the return of Splinter Cell, um, and now. I thought that they were going to end the show with the Splinter Cell presentation, but now that you mention the Xbox show coming before Ubisoft, that's a bit weird. Um, but I guess at w- at some point we will see a Splinter Cell trailer. Okay. It'll, th- it'll fade to black. The screen will fade to black. Uh, and then we get three green dots. Bam, Splinter Cell is back. Um, camera pulls away. Um, Michael Ironside says something, st- some stupid punchline um and then eventually see we coming. see uh maybe yeah <laughs> eventually sorry yeah it's eventually- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, so- something dumb um maybe in another trailer uh later or maybe in the same trailer eventually we'll see gameplay uh full on gameplay demo um the game is open world um and it releases yeah fall 2018 i definitely don't think august um, okay. but i think uh even september is a bit early and October feels weird just with um, Red Dead Redemption. But fall, I guess, 2018.
0: Well, yeah. October has Red Dead and it has Call of Duty. So it's like, yeah, oh, that's, so that's, cr- that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so interesting. Okay, so just to clarify, Splinter Cell trailer, fade to black. Michael Ironside said something dumb. Uh, fall 2018 release date. And what was the other thing? There was one more thing. Oh, it's thing. open world. Open world. Also, yeah. don't forget I think my bonus. That, that's prediction. the big one.
3: My bonus prediction is that Eve Gilmour will begin floating on stage and reveal his force powers and say that, that we stole Star bit, Wars from crazy, EA.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's it for the show. Uh, I want to try to say your last name, Kayla, but I don't want to butcher <laughs> it. Cythamol? That's wrong. Cythamol.
1: Cythamol. There we yeah, go. There you go. I
0: always feel bad because. I I hate when people mispronounce my name and it's not because I don't don't care it's just that it's a it's a very difficult name I think it's awesome Uh, oh whatever why check yeah yeah, why (laughs) check um thank you for joining us if you can let people know where they can find you at
1: um you can find me uh at Caleb underscore talks on Twitter um as I mentioned earlier my friend Roger and I we record a podcast um we will be coming it's called Bonus Points um we're on iTunes um we haven't recorded in a while, but we'll be we'll be coming back uh, before E3. Um, then I have a website, calebtalks.com, and now that school is uh, a week or two away from being done, um, I'll definitely be trying to write more. So,
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely give Caleb a follow. He does a lot of awesome stuff. Him and uh, Roger do a very uh, interesting and unique podcast. I don't think bonus points is like a lot of – it's like a mashup of a lot of different things. Um, it's really cool, really interesting. I like your guys's. Thank you. Your uh, – I don't know if you designed the the art stuff or if Roger does, but, like, your guys' uh, aesthetic for what you choose for bonus points and stuff is really cool. It's very, like, 90s Fresh Prince-esque. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Um, Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back next year. This is your first time on the E3 Predictions podcast. We've had you on podcasts before. Um, For those of you listening to Controlled Interests, stay tuned the rest of the week for all of our other E3 Predictions podcasts. We have guests for each one talking about all of the major conferences. Uh, leading up to E3 next week. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. If you want to, please follow us. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Jordan is at Uh The Controlled Interest Twitter is at CTRLINT. That's Controlled Interest abbreviated. I'm going to be tweeting out uh, with that account um, basically the score updates. After every conference, I'll have an update of the predictions and see where everybody lands. You obviously weren't on last year, Caleb, but the guests beat us. I came in with oh. a resounding zero points. Uh, I think Dom and Jordan both tied with, like, one and a half points, and the guests, I think, had, like, two and a half points or something like that. So, yeah, I got crushed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it seems like we've we've been talking about uh, the 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 guests is really interesting because it's six different perspectives right so it's yeah. six different people coming at it in different ways whereas it's us three bozos talking about predictions so we kind of stay in line with our own thought processes um, but yeah that's pretty much it thank you guys for listening stay tuned for the rest of our coverage go check out Caleb on Twitter and his website and we'll catch you guys next time